In the Davis McCord State Farm Studio, I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me here momentarily, Nicholas Carr, Benjamin Woodhouse. Before they join, I want to remind you of our sponsors. I mentioned we are in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. If you need good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis McCord and State Farm. They're your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Call him at 901 905-6110. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Also, podcast brought to you by Transamerica Insurance. Drew Moak and Transamerica Insurance are changing the way that you look at life insurance. Rated best term life insurance company in 2020 by Forbes. They offer 10, 20, and 30-year term life insurance catered to your individual needs. So ask about their living benefits option and get a free quote by calling your local agent, Drew Moak, at 601 953-8449. He's licensed in Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas. Drew can help you get started today. That's 601-953-8449. Call him in Transamerica Insurance today. Gentlemen, I said before we started, it feels like it's been about two months since we uh, have talked on this year's show, but uh, we are back, so uh, welcome. It feels like a lot's happened in the uh, interim, right? I mean, there was Mm -hmm. Spelling Bee Champion, the first ever from, say, Louisiana. Uh, That's pretty much all I can think of, big stuff that happened. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, the news cycle's been quiet. You know, um, let's see, Tour de France. uh, What's Uh, uh, Wimbledon? Wimbledon, the Euros. Uh no baseball to speak of, really. It's not nothing I can think of. You know, well, the opinion uh, is out for the year, but other than that, yeah. Is Cavendish doping? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> sure seems like it at this point. He's just go, going for the record now. Who can say? Um, but He's yeah, just so we're back. Better and faster the older <laughs> he gets. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back here. Um, all the blame is on me. Um, if you've been dying for some podcast rebellion, it's uh, it's my fault. Um, did a, did a bunch of real life stuff that uh, needed to get a hundred percent of my attention. So um, I uh, I will take the fall on that one. But we are here, and it is summertime. SEC media days is right around the corner. So as we like to do, what, 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 are, I'm sorry, fill me in. When are media days? They're they're end of this month. Uh, yes. Uh, let me double check my calendar. Um, media days start next Monday. Well, and are they having, um, I I don't want to say fans, but the Alabama media is going to be there. So are they going to have fans there or is this going to be virtual? Hmm. I would assume it's going to be back to normal. Okay. Um, Pretty much everything else is at this point. So I would think, it's going to be back to normal, but uh, I don't I think, know that for sure. I think that's a big part of like media days. I mean, it's not, I mean, how cool is media days if it's just in a room that no one's in? Like, that's not right. Yeah. That's not it. That's, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so media days are back. Um, and like we always uh, do in the summer, we're going to preview the SEC. <laughs> Uh, kicking things off this week before we do our second episode, we're going to talk about the SEC East. Um, a conference that was won by the Florida Gators a year ago in a COVID shortened season finished eight and two. Georgia was right behind them at seven and two. Missouri five and five. Kentucky four and six. And Tennessee was, I believe, four and seven. Uh, three and seven. Ooh. South South Carolina two and eight. And then Vandy, obviously, zero oh and nine. Um, Holy shit! How bad was the East last year? Oh, it's it wasn't good. Um, so let's just jump in right now, and, and let's just let's just get this thing going. Um, the East, obviously, headlined by the two front runners, Georgia and Florida. Uh, I would before we go in team by team, I would say just right now, Georgia's obviously the favorite. Uh, they have a lot returning, um, and then Florida's right behind them, even though they lost a ton. But what are y'all or overall? I guess first impressions of the East. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a two-team race, isn't it? I mean, looking at these two teams, I, I do think that I, I guess I mean, Georgia's got a little bit tougher schedule overall by play, opening with Clemson this year. But, I, I mean, Florida, they've lost too much. I think kind of last year with probably one of the best offenses in the SEC, if not the best, that was their chance. They couldn't beat Alabama. I mean, I think I think it's back to Georgia this year. Yeah, I think that Florida goes – they're going to lose two or three games this year, and I, I don't expect Georgia to lose more than uh, one. I mean, I guess Georgia doesn't does lose more than one than it is to Florida. There just isn't any – there's no competition on either one of them's schedule. Um, no. I mean, Florida does have to play Alabama, and that's really, really the difference maker. But other than that, you, you know, Georgia – has to go to Auburn. Auburn's not going to be very good this year. No. You know, they get – Well, I mean, I guess I, if Tennessee is a better team, then uh, maybe they could get trouble, Georgia trouble at home, but I, I just don't think so. I mean, I think Georgia – if Georgia beats Clemson, they're going undefeated, I would predict. But yeah, um, yeah. otherwise, I think they're going to well, – Well, let's go ahead – let's go ahead and jump into it here since we all agree that they're the – you know, cream of the crop in the East this year. So let's go game by game like we always do. Uh, Ben just alluded to it. Uh, Georgia opens with Clemson at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, Saturday, September 4th on ABC. Obviously, one of the biggest games of the opening weekend. We've uh, discussed that opening slate, uh, that opening weekend slate and and how good it is. But, I mean, out of the gate right here, I mean, JT Daniels back. You've got Todd Munkin at at offensive coordinator with JT Daniels, George Pickens. Um, He's not playing. He's out. But you've got Eric Gilbert that's coming in. Adana Mitchell is a true freshman that's somebody you can watch. And then Darnell Washington, the other big tight end. So offensively, there's going to be a lot of firepower um, for this offense that averaged um, over eight points more a game with JT Daniels at quarterback. And I just, I don't know. I don't think they can beat Clemson, but I think it's going to be probably one of the better games of the year in week one. Um, but I think they start 0-1. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't I, – I, obviously, Clemson's breaking in a new quarterback and stuff, but I don't really see the, the teams. I mean, what Clemson's doing on the recruiting front, what they're doing on the defensive front. And Daniels was better last year, but I'm still – Kind of feel like he's a bit of a game manager. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. When he's got some more time in the system, he's going to be different. But yeah, I don't see that being a problem. Honestly, for Clemson, I, I mean, Clemson's just kind of a machine at this point. I have to agree. You know, it's it's Georgia. I mean, what what is Georgia's average star rating though? Like three and a half or four. I mean, something or higher than four. They have 60-something four stars. But as talented as they are, Clemson is is that Clemson. talented, if not more, and yeah. has a better quarterback. Um, even though he's well, new, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, like, yeah. they're going to be better at that position. Um, I do I, – I am interested to see, you know, where what Clemson looks like in the backfield otherwise. You know, ATN was really good for the past few years, and now he's in the NFL. So, um, you know, they got a, you know, got a new running back, and Georgia's going to be – they're going to be stingy up front on defense, led by none other, none other than Kobe Dean. So, you know, it's a – it'll be a good matchup. I think Clemson wins, but, man, it's it'll be close. Yeah, um, and yeah, you know, air quotes around new quarterback because DJ Uyunglele played a lot last year, and I mean, I think he's going to be really good. But yeah, I mean, I think Clemson can take that one. It's a quasi home game for them up there in, in the Carolinas. All right, we'll run through the next couple here. I, UAB, South Carolina, Vandy, Arkansas. I think are wins. Um, October 9th on a Saturday. It's TBA at this point, um, unless this is outdated. Um, they travel to Auburn and Jordan-Hare. I think Georgia wins this one. I have no idea what to think of the Tigers this year under first-year coach Brian Harson. I think that's a win. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on mute. I'm sorry. Look, I'll go um, if y'all can hear me. Um, 
so Auburn, mm-hmm. what, how, I mean, how long has Bo Nix been there? Three years. So he's going to be his third year as a starting quarterback. He doesn't have Anthony Schwartz. He doesn't have Seth Williams. Um, Tank Bigsby's probably the best running back returning the SEC, other than Jerry and Neely. They're the they're the top two, I would say. Um, Auburn's not very good up front, though. And uh, while Auburn – and I'm talking about on offense. And yet, while Auburn is always seems to be very athletic up front on defense, I don't know that it's going to be enough for Georgia uh, to beat Georgia. You know, the, the rivalry is really close. It's 60 to 56. I mean, that is incredible. Over the course of a, 60 to 56 to 8. So, you're looking at what? how many games is that? 124 games. And um, um, Georgia has won, you know, leads by four. Anyway, um, fun fact, Georgia's won 13 in the last 16. So, Auburn was kind of dominating there before then. Um, mm-hmm. Either way, you know, it's in Auburn. That's the one thing going for Auburn. Everything else favors Georgia. You know, I would take Georgia to beat them. I just – I feel like, too, I don't know if we've said this before exactly, but you, you kind of are who you are, I think, before your third year. I mean, there, there are guys who make progressions, but rarely are there guys who played a ton as freshmen, who were played a ton as a sophomore, were kind of the same guy, and then made this massive leap as a junior. I just – that's not that's not what Bo Nix is going to do. It's not what he was about. So I know this is not really necessarily about Auburn, but I don't think they've got the guns at all to hang with Georgia. I mean, it's just that's two totally different. If it was any other team, I mean, if this was the, you know if they were named South Carolina or if they were named Texas A and M, I don't think we would even discuss whether or not they could beat Georgia this year with with the talent that they have. I just think because it's Auburn. Because we've known them to win, you know, to play for two national titles in our lifetimes, we, we think of them maybe as a little bit more than they are. This is not a good Auburn team, and I, I think we'll find that out when we talk about the West. So, I don't I don't see yeah. any problem on Georgia's schedule. I really don't. I mean, <clears throat> the back end of the schedule, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about it. But Missouri at Tennessee, Charleston oh, Southern, and at Georgia Tech, I, there's nothing there. Absolute cakewalk. Yeah, you've got October 30th. You've got the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville against Florida. That's it. That's the East, in my opinion. Unless they trip up against Auburn, uh, I, th- there's really no roadblock for them to get to Atlanta. I think even if they trip up against Auburn, Florida's losing to Alabama. So the only I, – sure, I just I don't see point. any way around that Florida-Georgia game not deciding the East. I, I mean, unless, unless Kentucky, I mean, I, I guess does something crazy, they host Florida – Unless unless something crazy happens in a game like that, that's just, um, you know, a fifteen to fourteen weird game. That 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 one game, the Florida Georgia game, is going to decide the East. There's no way around that for me. Yeah, I mean, we can we can sim to the end here on this one. I, I think Georgia beats Florida in the regular season. And I think they make it to Atlanta. I mean, I think <laughs> I think they go eleven and one. Yeah, I do too. I think I think Florida's probably. Um, I think Florida's probably a ten and two team. I don't really see anyone else in their schedule. I mean, Florida Atlantic and South Florida, you know, Florida State, I guess, and then and Sanford. I don't see anyone else that can beat Florida on their schedule other than Alabama and Georgia, though. Yeah, no, not not a chance. Um, ben, do you have any rebuttal to that? I mean, I think we all agree that they're going eleven to one. Yeah, no rebuttal. Okay, well, we can. We can move on then. Um, all right. Uh, the, moving on to the rest of the East. I mean, I think Florida finishes second. Um, no more Kyle Trask. No more Kadarius Toney. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts is gone. Uh, Emory Jones is now the quarterback. He is now the guy. He's been waiting in the wings. Um, a lot of people are really hyping him up this year, and, and I don't think that that's unfounded. I, I like Emory Jones as a quarterback. And I think he fits what Dan Mullen and them want to do. I think at this point it's just kind of a it's just kind of shitty timing because I think Georgia's really good and I think that they're just not going to be able to beat them. And um, you know, if we want to take a look at their schedule uh, here, um, I mean, I would probably venture to say that they are going to probably go at least ten and two, maybe nine and three. Um, open with FAU, that's a win. South Florida, week two, it's a win. It's on the road, so you don't just go into Raymond James Stadium and get a win, so it'll be a fight. <laughs> um, 
Week three, you got Alabama. That's a loss. Uh, and then you go Tennessee, Kentucky, Vandy before you are at Tiger Stadium against LSU. I think that's the first real challenge for them outside of Alabama. Man, we'll talk more about LSU when we talk about the West, but I, I think Florida's a better team than this LSU team. Yeah, I mean, just from a quarterback perspective, I mean, I saw a stat today, I think you sent it, Zach, that had the top three quarterbacks in the SEC is Corral, um, <laughs> Jones, and, and then the quarterback from LSU. Who, I, don't, I mean, is he even going to start? I, he wasn't exactly, like, locked in as the starter last year. I just don't – I mean, Max Johnson <clears throat> might be the starter. I mean, yeah, it could be some guy, you know, that they signed last week. I just don't – that's not – that's not the guy that, that – that, that's not the savior down in Baton Rouge. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, no, no, that's not it. So, I, LSU, they're LSU, and they've got a ton of talent every single year. I mean, we found that out the hard way a couple of years ago. I mean, that's supremely talented. But, man, they've lost a lot in these last two years. Pretty much every single good player from that national title winning team is gone. I, I mean, I can't really think of anybody – uh, on the offensive side of the ball that returns. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably, you know, still be really talented, but they're not beating Florida this year. I don't – and I also, I mean, we're talking Dan Mullen versus Ed Ordron. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boat race. Um, ben, what do you think about that game? I mean, I, I think I know what you think, but speak up. Yeah. I, I wish I could add more. Look, they're going to roll LSU. Like – uh, let, let me ask y'all a question. Why – and this is completely side side note, kind of. Well, I mean, not really. Why is Miles Brennan getting all the love he's getting? I did. I don't know. It's just because he's been there for a couple of years. And people know his like, name. Because they had Joe Burrow, now suddenly everybody in the country thinks they're quarterback you. And, like, yeah. Yeah, just Ed because a quarterback whisperer. behind him, like, Ed Orgeron's not a QB <laughs> whisperer. He started three different quarterbacks in one se- in games. He rotated plays with them at Ole Miss. Like, I have no idea what we're what we're talking about here with Miles Brennan. He couldn't even get a scholarship offer from Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Well, I, I think people too f- forget that they. And of course, it worked out for him. So I'm not saying it was the wrong decision, but they brought in Joe Burrow because they didn't believe in Miles Brennan. I, I, I mean. Like it, he's in what his like fourth year down there. He's not about to take this giant leap forward. I, I think they just people believe in him because he started some games last year. When you look around the conference, there's not a whole lot of guys who started you know more than five games last year returning. That uh, Miles Brennan in a normal year is like the eleventh best quarterback in the conference. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, I, it doesn't it doesn't make yeah. any sense why they're hyping him up because Max Johnson looked better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, there's on. a better We're, chance that he's not starting at the end of the year than finishes on, on a, an all-SEC team, uh, whether that be first, uh, second, or third team. A thousand percent. There's I was no just way. Say, a thousand percent. Yeah. I just don't I mean one of the spots is taken by Corral. That there's there's no doubt there. And I mean, would y'all be shocked if another spot was taken by an Alabama quarterback? And I mean, there was some. I mean, Bayslack at Missouri was pretty decent. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know Emory Jones is going to be good, and we know what we're going to get out of JT Daniels. There's no, there's no way this guy that he wouldn't finish all ACC if they had a fifth team. No, I mean, I think, and this is, <laughs> you know, don't don't shoot the messenger, but I would probably take Will Rogers over Miles Brennan. Yeah, I'd probably I mean, take JRP. Somewhat of a bigger sample size at this point. And there's no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, we're we're wasting we're wasting too much time on a garbage team. Um, <laughs> uh, we already talked about Georgia and Florida. I think Georgia wins that one, so that's an L. So right now we've got Florida at one, two, three, four, five, six, six and two with losses to Georgia and Alabama. I think they run through the rest of this schedule at South Carolina, Samford, at Missouri, and then Florida State. So I think that they're finishing ten and two, which just Sucks. That's a that's a great year, but uh, yeah, you're not going to win the East, and it's just you know you're going to go to an Access Bowl, but not good enough for the uh, folks just, down in Gainesville. Just to follow up on that, I see Florida is at five and a half. Is there over under for for conference? Would y'all go over on that? Five and a half in the conference. Uh, one, two, three, four. The juice is just a little bit towards the over. I'm under. I'd get. I okay. I'd say I'd go over. 
Yeah, I, I would go over, but I also see Georgia's is the the bet is seven, and the over is juiced to one ten. What am I missing here? They're not going six and two in oh. conference. That that's an easy over to me. I, I just if I'm getting juice and seven, you know, is a push or yeah. eight wins it. I think that that's a pretty decent bet right there. Right. Yeah, that I is agree. a great bet. All right, moving on. So we've got one and two figured out. Where do we want to go next? Do we want to go Missouri <coughs> or do we want to go Kentucky? Who do we think finishes? Who do we think? Uh, what is it? Horse racing place or show? Who's third? Oh, I think you're tied seven and five. You don't think uh, you don't think the Vols are going to come in third? No. Um, I kind of I kind of lean towards Missouri here. Do we want to go Tigers next? Do we want to talk Tigers? Yeah, we'll talk Tigers. Sure. I, I I do like the Wildcats though. I just think that from a coaching <laughs> perspective, you might Kentucky yeah. maybe a better team. I don't hate them, but as we as we always talk about, uh, you know, extreme Kanye voice, like we always do at this time. Uh, we talk a lot about quarterback play, and as you alluded to, Nick, and I think Ben said his name as well. Connor Baselak was really good last year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Tigers. So let's let's look at Mizzou, um, and we'll just kind of run through here. I think it's pretty obvious that Georgia's one, Florida's two, and then we'll just discuss everyone else, and we won't pick who's finishing third, fourth, whatever. Um, Starting off at Faro Field, September 4th, Central Michigan, the Chippewas come into uh, Columbia. I think that's a win. But then week two, it gets real. At Kentucky, Kroger Field, September 11th. How are we feeling about this one? I kind of know where I'm leaning, but it's not a walk in the park. Yeah, I mean, I think if – Mm, this is a toss up. Um, I think they, I think Mizzou loses at Kentucky. I'll, I'll lean with the home team here. Um, you know, no real analysis behind it. Simply, simply, right now at least, Mizzou. You know, they open up with Central Michigan. That could always be a little tricky. Um, open up the directional Michigan schools make me nervous, man, because. They come down and like you know when Fleck was at um, where Western Michigan, it's yep. just one of those things where they, things can get fluky against those schools. Now Kentucky, on the other hand, opens up with ULM, who I think Kentucky will handle. Um, you know Kentucky has three straight home games: ULM, Missouri, and, and Chattanooga. Um, neither team has a. I mean, this is this conference game is sandwiched in between you know, directional schools. So um, I'll go with the home team simply. It's early in the year, and uh, I'll take Kentucky, but I like Mark Stoops. But, I mean, it's a toss-up. Uh, people don't really talk enough about Chris Rodriguez Jr. last year. I think he was I think he was fourth in the conference in yards per game. It's a, it's a good running back from Kentucky. And I just kind of feel like that's what Kentucky does is just kind of put, you know, good, not great running backs consistently every year. But looking – and I'm, I'm, I think I would say Kentucky here for third in the, in the East. But if you look at Missouri's schedule, I mean, this thing is beautiful to start the year. They got Central Michigan. Of course, they go to Kentucky. They got SEMO. They go to Boston College, which is, I mean, a, a very winnable ACC game. At that point, you could be looking at 4-0 with uh, Tennessee coming into town the following weekend. And then you get North Texas. And I don't necessarily think that Missouri's starting 6-0, and but I mean – there are certainly crazier things than that schedule right there to start six and zero. Oh. So they could go a, six and one before their open date, though. I mean, they could they have think, a legitimate shot at winning six of the first seven games, yeah. and then and they, they get Vanderbilt. They come back to Vandy. Yeah, now, I mean, so, skid down the stretch. They are right, but yeah, but and I mean, then, you know, six and one in Missouri, they're like thirteenth in the country at that point. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a six and one. Pretty much, no matter how you finish, is a really really good year in Missouri. So. I still lean Kentucky just because, I mean, I, they, they do lose a lot on defense, but I, I really like Rodriguez. But, I, I mean, I liked what I saw out of Bazelak last year. I really did. So, I think well, this is a – that's a good week two matchup. I'm excited. This is my thought about them playing at Kentucky early in the year. Somebody else did that a year ago. I, I think it might have been week two when Ole Miss went up there, wasn't it, or three? Either way, I feel like Ole Miss last year is a better team than Missouri is this year. 
and it took a lot for Ole Miss to win that game in Kentucky. It's just mm-hmm. hard to go on the road. It is just hard to go on the road. And, um, I mean, Missouri can do it. I would just – I'd still take Kentucky. My biggest thing, and then we'll move on from this from the Kentucky game in week two, as good as Chris Rodriguez Jr. was last year, they they have a question mark at quarterback and they have a new play caller in, uh, in Liam Cohen. And he's got to figure out a way to uh, solve that issue. So, Will Levis from Penn State, Levis, Levis, I don't know how you say it. He's the, <coughs> he's the uh, potential impact transfer that's in. Um, they got Wondell Robinson, Trevon Morgan, both wide receivers. What's the offense going to look like? You know, I mean, it was super run heavy a year ago. You know, are they going to be wide open? They're going to be throwing it more. I don't know. I mean, the base lack thing here is what gives me pause and makes me lean Missouri on the road early. But if you told me that Kentucky got a win there, I would not at all be surprised. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got week three, we got SEMO. Week four, we've got Boston College. Then you get into Tennessee at home. I think that's a win. You've got North Texas at home. I think that's a win. Then October 16th, I think they're taking a loss to Texas A&M. I think everybody would agree with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. We, we don't have to spend any time on if everybody agrees there. Um, they have a bye week. Then they go at Vandy, at Georgia, which is a loss. I think we all agree there. South Carolina at home. Florida at home, which I think is a loss. And then they close with Arkansas on the road. I think they win that one. So right now we have got the Missouri Tigers. And I'll <laughs> – I'll say they lose to Kentucky. So we got one, two, three, four losses. So yeah, eight and four. Is that crazy? No, and I think that's a very good year at Kentucky. And but I mean, it's a, a pretty outside shot at nine and three. I mean, or at Missouri, at Missouri, we're talking Missouri. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. It'd be a great year at Missouri, but with a very good outside chance. At a nine and three season, yeah, yeah, they beat I mean, Kentucky. Yeah, I think, I think absolutely. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, I think Missouri could kind of settle themselves, or Kentucky could kind of settle themselves as you know easily the third team in the East. And there's really not much of a middle class over in that in that division. I mean, Missouri could kind of be that team going forward. And and another thing that I just thought of is that with days like being a returning guy with experience and he's settled in the offense and Kentucky's trying to work in a transfer and a new play caller and it's a week two game maybe that's the difference maybe Missouri gets them early to where Kentucky played them later in the year maybe when they're a little more established in that offense it's a different game but um <laughs> but yeah eight and four with an outside shot at nine three is pretty solid Ben, you have any rebuttal or any thoughts there? I, I, I'm, I guess your silence is telling us you agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all, y'all haven't said anything to upset me yet. Y'all gonna know right. it when you do. All right, so let's go ahead and we'll talk Kentucky. We talked about it a bunch just then. Kind of a natural transition here. Uh, let's pull up their schedule. They open with ULM, as Ben said. I think they win that. Week two, toss up there. Could be a win, could be a loss. Then they take on the uh, the fight in Terrell Owens, the UT Chat mocks. Week three. No, let me just inter- interrupt you real quick. This is a okay. whole different ball game than Missouri's schedule. I mean, Kentucky's mm-hmm. schedule is is a it's kind of a bear. Seeing that their home road splits and obviously the uh, you know out of conference game against Louisville is going to be a little bit tougher than anything Missouri's got. Yeah. I it, already looking at this. It is much tougher. Um, all right, so you got the two non-con. You got the sandwich SEC game in week two in there. All right, we'll say just for fun. Let's say they start three and zero. Then you go at South Carolina. Loss. You got them losing that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I mean South Carolina's yeah. not going to lose every game. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's say they go three and one. Then you got Florida at home. That's a loss. loss. You got, <laughs> you've got LSU at home after loss. that. Loss. Okay, three in a row. 
Did, <laughs> and I'm coughing. I, I, Did you I, go at Georgia? Lost. I mean, four, you, four in a row. You cough up what you need to. That's three. That's <laughs> it, 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 at worst. That's a uh, that's four losses to start the season. I think. It, it, well, really, at worst, if they lose to Missouri, they're two and five. Yeah, so, like they need to beat Missouri to be three and four going into yeah. open day, which they come back and go to Mississippi State, who does not lose to Kentucky. And so, also, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's like the trap game of all trap games. It's a Halloween weekend game. Like, who yeah, that's boy, a, another loss. So at that point, what are they three and five? God damn, yeah. Then you go yeah, Tennessee, you at Tennessee at home. I think they, they beat them. Well, I mean, I, think I would say Tennessee. so, but, you know, when you're coming off of five straight losses, it's going to be hard. I, I'll give them the win. Tennessee doesn't have any players from the transfer. But, but you, you, you know what Tennessee looks at? They they look at that and go, that's Kentucky. That's got to be a win. You know, I'm not saying that's that right. they it's, I mean, it's frankly the Ole Miss curse, right? You, yeah. When you're yeah. at Auburn, like you look at Ole Miss and you're like, we got to get that one. <laughs> yeah. That's what Tennessee does to Kentucky. So, you know, I think they can I win mean, the they, last four games a year. But this, I'm telling you, man, this schedule could get squirrely. They play out yeah. little to end the year, so they they yeah. could lose these games. They could mm-hmm. Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State. That's six. Tennessee at home seven. At Vandy's eight, and at Louisville's nine. Louisville's nine. When they could. They could lose those. Now, I think they're likely to beat Tennessee and Vanderbilt. So now you're at five and seven. So the floor is three and nine, ceiling's five and seven. A ceiling would be six and six. Probably six and six. Yeah. Yeah, Or seven and five. If they beat Missouri. That's a brutal schedule. I mean, that's just. Yeah. I mean, I think you could go. They go seven and five. They went at Louisville and beat Missouri. I think they're seven and five, but likely to split those two games. And so then you're at six and six. Yeah. All right, before we hit the uh, the cellar in the east, we're going to take our break here for uh, um, to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll come back and we'll talk uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vandy. And uh, I didn't mention at the top of the show, I have some kind of weird cough. I don't understand it. So when I sound weird or if I mute myself or cough while I'm talking, just roll with it. So – Quick word from the sponsors that make this show possible. And when we come back, we'll talk more SECE. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials. 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery 
in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we're back here on Podcast Rebellion. All right, we've talked Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri. Now let's head to the other Columbia. And let's talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks. New coach Shane Beamer is in town. He's popular in Columbia, South Carolina. The folks in Cola like him. Member of the staff when Steve Spurrier was in town. He's young. Players love him. Don't know if the actual win-loss column is going to love him, but we're going to take a look here. All right, 2021, open things up. Oh, boy, Eastern Illinois Panthers. I believe that is the alma mater of one Tony Romo, if I'm not mistaken. They travel to williams Bryce. I'm going to give them that one. Then, a weird road game in week two. East Carolina, they head over to Greenville. Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, I think they get that one. Week three, taking an L at Georgia, Sanford Stadium. Now, that this, this series is always weird, but I just don't think it's going to be that weird this year. Uh, there's, it's, it's too early in the year for That's a not, new coach. It's, no. The, these programs were in the same class five years ago. They're not anymore. Not right now. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's and Joe's are going to rule the day, September yeah. 18th in Sanford Stadium. All right, Kentucky Wildcats, I, we, we've all said that they're going to lose that game. It's on the road. I'm giving Beamer that one. I think they win that one. You know, unless Georgia beats them twice, I didn't take that into consideration the first time when we went through this game. I do give South Carolina the, the win here. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so we'll give them the win there. Then they got Troy at home to win that one. Then we got three in a row that are super interesting. We've got at Tennessee. Then we've got Bandy at home. Then we have at Texas A&M. I'm going to go ahead and say I think at Texas at Texas A&M is a loss. But here, we haven't talked much about him yet. Um, Marcus Satterfield is the new offensive coordinator. He's calling the plays. Um, look, I'll say this. And I don't think this is hyperbole at all. I think they have one of the best one-two punches in the SEC at the running back position. Um, Kevin Harris, who was a stud last year, and then Marshawn Lloyd was a all-everything signee towards ACL, didn't play last year. He's back. He is healthy. Um, Offensively, running the ball, they're going to be fine. But 
how are they going to be throwing the football? Who's going to be the quarterback? That's the question. Is it Luke Doty? Is he going to be the quarterback? Uh, is it Luke Doty? Is it is it Jason Brown? I, he's an incoming transfer. I'm not sure. Um, I will say defensively, up front, they're going to be talented. Zach Pickens, former five-star. Jordan Birch, former five-star. And then King, Kingsley, Enigbare, Barre, which is one of the best names in college football. Those guys up front, in the front seven, going to be creating a ton of pressure, going to be really active chasing the quarterback. Um, those are the things that you know. You lose J.C. Horn, who went in the first round. Um, and then I really don't know kind of what else they have defensively. I know they have a ton of returning guys, but but offensively is the question that I that, that's begged that, that's being begged here because I don't know who the quarterback is. I know they can run the football. But looking at the schedule, and as we go to Tennessee at home against Vandy, which I think they beat Vandy, they're going to be better. And then they're going to lose at Texas A&M. Can they beat Tennessee on the road? That's the question. Can they do it with a first-year head coach against another first-year head coach in the SEC, I should say? Um, I think that's I think that's the, the tipping point. That's the, the turning point here in the schedule here. Can they do it in Knoxville? Yeah, I mean – that is a uh, a tough spot because what they've got after that's pretty brutal. We're gonna get to it, but the end of that, the very back end of that schedule after the bye week is an absolute murderous I row. I don't think that they get a win after Vanderbilt. So if they want to yeah. get to six, they've got to beat Tennessee. Yes, and on the road, that's tough. I mean, the South Carolina's schedule is bad enough as it is when you add in Clemson, and then obviously the the switch games are, are Texas A&M and Auburn. But then the, the home road splits are tough. I mean, you, you don't you get Vanderbilt at home, that's great, but you go to Tennessee, you go to Missouri. I mean, you, even the road game against East Carolina, it's it's uh, whoever's I mean, making the schedule. In a in a in a perfect world, you'd get Tennessee at home and go to Vanderbilt, and and then and you could get both wins there. Going to Tennessee, Tennessee's going to look at South Carolina and say, "We need that win," just like we said before um, earlier in the show. That's a game that. Tennessee is going to really, really have circled on their schedule. So, and now I do think South Carolina can go to Tennessee and win, but I think that that is the key to them getting to six because their their last what five games are A and M, Florida, at Mizzou, Auburn, and Clemson. They're losing all of those. Yeah. So that's just rough. I mean, it, it is. It, that's unfortunate reality. I guess they could beat Auburn at home and may be able to sneak up on Mizzou on the road. Mm. I, I'm not seeing either one of them, though, because I think yeah. by the time that they get Auburn, they're going to have Clemson a week away, and they're going to be on a five-game losing streak or three-game – or four-game, excuse me. So, yeah. long story short, it's just a bad schedule for South Carolina. We've been there as Ole Miss fans. We know what rebuilding's like. It feels like we had been in one for forever, and I think we're just now – this year about to come out. I mean, we were pretty good last year, but I think we're finally going to come out of it this year. And and so I I, I get it. I get it. But it's the this is the unfortunate reality of the SEC. If you get screwed on the home aways, you let's yeah. let's just say this. What if you get Georgia? Well, you go to Georgia. That's good. So you guarantee that's a loss at either place. You really want to go to Florida and get Missouri at home, or go to Auburn. And get, you know, or you see what I'm saying, and get a winnable game at home like Tennessee. Yeah. You really need that Tennessee game to be at home, but they could still beat them. I mean, the Vols, who went there last year and won, or you're Georgia Southern or something? Georgia, Georgia, Georgia State at the beginning of Georgia last year. State. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, and there's a reason to all their best players transfer away. So it's not like they're going to be good. And there's a reason too, whenever you're looking at these schedules. No, very rarely do you look at Florida or Georgia or Alabama and you go, man, that's a tough schedule. It's because they're not on their own schedule. Like South Carolina's got a tough schedule because South Carolina's not on it. You know what I mean? That's just that's just kind of how it is. I mean, they've got, you know, you're looking at it and you're like Clemson and they got Florida and they got Georgia. It's because they don't play a team like South Carolina. I mean, that's just – that's why, you know – non-conference game, they need to – get rid of Clemson. I know it's a rivalry and everything. Yeah. They need to get rid of them and pick up North Carolina. Like or, or they just need Clemson to not be Clemson right right now. I mean that's just Exactly. They need Tommy <laughs> Bowden back. It's the uh, it's the most unlucky rivalry in the country cuz Clemson is 
Like no one else has that right now. It's not like Alabama plays. Georgia you know, Tech has it, but they're not in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, exactly. They're not in the SEC. All right. So to close here, I guess we got them at one, two, three, four, four, I'd say, eight. I'd say yes, yeah, maybe five and seven, four, four and eight ish. Okay. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, it's just it's. A I got them at five and seven. I do. I got them yeah. beating <sighs> Eastern, I mean, East, I, uh, Kentucky, Troy, and Vandy. Five yeah, and seven. That's fair. And, and I and I agree with what you're saying. It's like. Easily the most unlucky rivalry in college football right now, which is how it good is. Clemson is. It's just unfair. I mean, can you imagine uh, imagine them in the SEC West and have a non-conference rival that is as good as Alabama and and those those guys? I mean, Clemson's in a in a class of about four teams right now. They're in every college football playoff. I mean, they are a mainstay. It would be like Ole Miss's rival being Oklahoma. I mean, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, yeah. we got to play Spencer Rattler now? We just got through playing Alabama. Yeah. All right. So, moving on, I think just right below South Carolina, or maybe not, um, Tennessee. New coach, Josh Heupel there. Um, I, they, they're trying to start somewhat of a hype train, if you will. Um the Photoshop left a lot to be desired. Um, look, I mean, when he was at UCF, they put up a ton of points. They were really exciting. But as both of you have mentioned several times, um, not a ton of optimism with the current roster because everyone's leaving. Um, I mean, Tennessee only averaged 21 and a half points a game a year ago. They've got some options at quarterback. I don't really know what it is. Uh, the offensive line is going to be pretty solid with Cade Mays and Darnell Wright. They are still there. Um, who's going to be the quarterback, though? Is it going to be Joe Milton, who's transferring in? That's going to be the thing. Can the quarterback figure out the system, and can he please Josh Heupel? That's the question here. Um, they've got some depth. Questions on defense. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and just jump into the schedule because I don't really know how friendly I'm going to be here. All right, so they open things up. Bowling Green, that's a win. Here's the tricky one here, folks. Week two at home. They welcome in the Pit Panthers. Will Pit happen? Pit on rock. will not happen. <laughs> Tennessee's okay. going to be Pit. <laughs> Get this man some water. All right, yeah, Pitt is it, it, that's a tough game. I, I don't know a ton about Pitt. I mean, just just being honest with you, but, uh, but I'll tell you this: the Falls better win because I mean they've got Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Alabama coming up. I mean that's when you play Alabama. I mean that's kind of like what the South Carolina curse is uh, of getting to play Clemson. You got Alabama every single year. You don't have a ton of margin for error, and if you lose that Pitt game. We talking five and seven? We talking four and eight? Something like that? They're not going to lose to Pitt under a first year head coach. It's just not going to happen. Like Hyper, it, it helps that it's at home. Yeah, the, they'll they'll start out three and zero. Oh. Bowling Green, Pitt, and Tennessee Tech are wins. We can move on. Okay, if it's th- if they're three and zero, oh, you talk about the hype train is going to be off oh, the rails. God. Yeah, and they're going to go to Florida and get their teeth kicked in. <laughs> and then they're going to turn so, around and lose and, to Missouri. And here, this is what sucks for Tennessee. They they start out three and zero and go to Florida and they lose handedly. Then they got to turn right around and fly to Missouri. So they're going to fly a thousand miles to Gainesville. Then they're going to fly a thousand miles to Columbia. Okay, and yeah. that could, that's a toss up or a loss. Let's say it's a loss and they're three and two. Then they got to go back to South Carolina and we we called that a toss up again. So let's give them the win there. Right? They get Ole Miss at home. But Ole Miss is right before Alabama. So that's a trap game for Tennessee. I know it's Lane Kiffin and all that, but they still got Alabama the next week. And make no mistake, Alabama's beat them, what, 14 years in a row? 15? How many days has Maybe it been? Maybe longer than that. Yeah, I mean, that's, 06 was the Terrence Cody game, wasn't it? So that was 15 like 5,000 days. Yeah, so, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, almost T. Martin. 
from when they beat Alabama last. I mean, it's not that long ago, but it, it, it's close. That three-game stretch for them right there in the middle, at Missouri, South Carolina, Ole Miss, I mean, they've got to go two and one to go to a bowl. I mean, that's like – that's the biggest – we've been talking about all the East teams tonight. That's the biggest three-game stretch I've seen from a winnability perspective and just from a what your season turns on. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the difference in seven and five and five and seven. I, I'm – Okay, if, even if they go one and two, I think they go six and six because they're going to win all the, their non-conference. I mean, this is classic Tennessee. Bowling yeah, that's true. Tennessee Tech and South Alabama. That's <laughs> and four wins, right? And, the, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, so they got five there. So all they got to do is find one more win on the schedule to get to six and six. They're sure. going six and six. They will find that other one. They get to play Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, and, I mean, I hate to say this, Ole Miss. So and get Ole Miss at home, so they're going to find a win in those four games. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it's going to be against Ole Miss. No, I don't either. But that's a big three game stretch. It is sure. Yeah, I mean, I, so I think start out three and zero, lose to Florida, lose to Missouri, beat South Carolina, lose to Ole Miss, lose to Alabama. I think that they lose to Kentucky. You lose to Georgia. And then you close out with South Alabama and Dandy. So we've got them at one. I, 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 I almost spoke. They get South Carolina at home. That's the win that they're going to get. That's that's the sixth. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So they'll they'll fall flat on their face into six and six because they finished with South I mean, Alabama. And is there an easier finish in the whole entire country than <laughs> South Alabama Vanderbilt? No. Are you kidding me? That's no. a max schedule. Okay, so – uh, and let's think about this. Look at it this way. They've got four guaranteed wins in their non-conference. They've got three guaranteed losses in Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. So they're four and four and three with, what, five games left on their schedule. Missouri, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Is that yeah? That's right. And so, Andy, you can count that as a guaranteed win too. So they got five guaranteed wins before they even roll the ball on the field, man. That's a yeah. That is a. I mean, five and three before they even walk out the door. Man, it just yeah, absolutely just gifting it to them. The, the, right. And and thing is, if they let's just let's just say, okay, five and three before they walk out the door, and let's say. They beat South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. Okay. And so they go eight and four, right? Like they lose one of those other ones, Missouri, something like that. Let's say they beat Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, and lose Ole Miss. Eight and four. The Vols back. I mean, that that's going to be the narrative, right? The Vols oh, yeah. are going to be back. And it's going to be even even more so if the win is Kentucky, because they're going to have been that's going to be closing the year three and one with a loss to Georgia. And, and there people are going to be like, well, I mean, they won, you know, they went three and one in November. They remember November. And then that's what we're going to hear all off season. Well, Tennessee's going to go 10 and two next year. And it's just the same song every year. Yeah. All right. Serious question here. Are, are we going to spend any time breaking down Vandy's football schedule? No. I'm very fast with it. They're going to beat East Tennessee State and Connecticut. Oh, so you think the Rams are going to – it's on the road. Yeah, they're losing that one. Yeah, they're, they're going to lose to Colorado State on the road. You don't think they can beat Stanford? Hell no. Oh, that's in Maybe national. in GPA. I'm like, I'm, I don't I'm even like, know if it's a better school, is it? <laughs> Uh, I might, I might go to close. that game. It's in. You got to go to that game to support the trees. <laughs> yeah, they're going two and ten without a doubt. They might go one and eleven. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, what's it, the it, what is the Vegas win total? Two and a half or one and a half? Well, the well, shockingly, sh- shockingly, the SEC win total is one and a half, but it's juiced to the under minus two twenty. So it's it's basically one at this point. But I mean, and unfortunately for Vanderbilt, I mean, let's face it, they're probably probably their most success in the SEC is against Ole Miss. Would that is that fair, or is it Kentucky? Uh, 
other than Auburn. Weren't they uh-huh. had a winning record against Auburn at one point? Right. I'm thinking of their everyday opponent or every season opponent. Yeah, 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 sure. You're right. I mean, they have to play at Ole Miss. I mean, that's And it's late in the year. See, they've had so much success against Ole Miss because they've played us like in the first three weeks of the season before they – Vandy, where they get you – or where they crumble is they have no depth. As soon as a starting linebacker goes out, they put in somebody like me. And, and and you can't you can't win doing that, so yeah, it's they're two and ten. We don't have to break it down. They're two and ten. I don't even know this is going to be bad. I don't even know who Vanderbilt's head coach is right now. Clark Clark Lee, right? Clark Lee, formerly of Notre Dame, and is uh, he like a position uh, coach uh, in Notre Dame because that's a bad career move for him. He was the DC. He was the DC there. That is. Guy, did he not watch Derek? I mean, unless you are James Franklin, you cannot win there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> I guess All right, I'll, I'll put to y'all like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read off every game in the in the conference and tell me if there's one say toss up if just toss up they play Georgia <laughs> at home. No nope, loss or toss up. No, no loss. At Florida, loss. At South Carolina, loss. Loss. Mississippi State at home, loss. loss. Missouri at home, loss. Kentucky at loss. Home. Loss. At Ole Miss, loss. Loss. At Tennessee, man, loss. loss. They're 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 huge losers to the home away split. I mean, one and a half. You got to bet. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to bet the farm on the under on that. That is the lock of the season right there. One and a half conference games. Are you kidding me? Can you bet that? Uh, that was uh, what you could Ooh. bet. And uh, let's see what the South Point. Of course, it's been a few weeks. And like I said, it was heavily juiced to the under. It's probably sunk down to, to one now at this point. Still, pretty good bet on the under. <clears throat> Man, what a what a disaster! Yeah, what a whew, what a career move to go to uh, Vanderbilt. Um, also, a career move that you could possibly uh, do. Um, watching a replay of the celebrity softball game, and Von Miller just bunted uh, in a celebrity softball game. So that's that's something else that you could, I guess, consciously do. But. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Any more questions? Any more comments about the SEC East? I mean, I think this one's very top-heavy, and I think we know what we're getting here. Um, but I guess there's some intrigue with the bottom, as we've uh, come to establish on the show with how long we've talked about it. So uh, what do we think? I think there's a better chance that Missouri or Kentucky or somebody like that upends Florida than Florida upending Georgia. Oh, I think okay. that's fair. Yeah. I, I'll I'll go on record and say I feel like this one's just pretty much chalk. I mean, I think it's just going to be Georgia winning a ton, Florida winning a ton, not beating Georgia, but that's it. I feel like the rest is just going to be a slog. Yeah, I think the middle is kind of like uh, whoever you know comes in third. I think it's kind of still up for grabs, but I think that there's a better chance that yeah, I think that there's a better chance that Vanderbilt finishes outside of seventh, then Georgia doesn't win the West, the East. I really do. All right. I think that I think that about does it, fellas. Anything else, Ben? Any more uh any more nuggets for us? No, not really. I mean that I hate to be this way. I'm so far less opinionated on the SEC East as the West. The East feels like mayonnaise on white bread to me. I just they're just not. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, it's they're not good. No. It, and I mean, I guess Georgia is going to be exciting, but I mean, not really. We know what they're going to look like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they'll they'll get you know raced by Alabama in the SEC title game. It's just not like a very fun division to watch. It's not. I mean, they, you know, nobody really. And, and it's I don't know. Uh, the fan bases don't seem as into it anymore on that side of the, the conference.
Yeah. Uh, 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 we lose Zach here. I was on mute. Uh, when we were talking about the celebrity softball game. Uh, yeah, Anthony Mack, he just scored. Uh, Todd Helton's team has taken the lead. Um, literally everyone on this field right now is so bad. Um, well, it's, it's a disaster. I'm going to turn this off. You know, in the the reality of this is any of these teams in the middle, Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina, that that group, Tennessee, I guess to an extent, they are one injury from being very bad. Mm-hmm. And Georgia, and to an extent Florida, but really Georgia is the only one that could take a big injury and and it not matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, because if you go back, we talked about how bad Georgia's schedule is, you know, and, and they get – they have to play Clemson. So it's not – I mean, even if they lose that when they're going 11-1 and one and going to go right back to Atlanta and, you know, maybe run into Alabama, maybe they run into Ole Miss, who knows. But um, I think that there are – two or three teams, and we'll get to this in the West when we uh, preview the West. I think there are two to three teams in the West that could compete for the East Championship. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's fair. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. And I don't think um, the West is particularly spectacular this year at all. But Yeah. All right. That was uh, yeah. After the first two, that was uh, that was pretty brutal to go through. Um, all right, but, uh, let me ask you all this, and then we can we can sign off. If you had to right. pick an MVP for the SEC East, who would it be? I guess I would probably have to go with man. I was trying to think of whoever the running back is for Georgia, but I don't even know who it is. Zamir White. It's probably JC Daniels for yeah. I mean, that answer, but I agree. I mean, it. I think it could be the Georgia offensive line. Yeah, their recruiting budget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm interested to see. We haven't we haven't talked about this. I'm interested to see what happens with this new name, image, and likeness in the conference. How if it changes anything as far as you know balance of power, or if it just makes the strong stronger. Yeah, I, I think to, I tend to lean the latter there. What you just said, Ben. If I'm, but without looking too much into it, I mean, I feel like that's pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's going to have to get more uh, – it's going to have to get craftier. It's going to have to, you know, hire a coach that's, uh, you know, super likable and a national brand. And, oh, never mind, I almost already did that. So, um, so there you go. It's certainly going to throw some, uh, you know, what do, what do they say, a flying in, in the ointment type deal. Because, um, yeah, it's just about to just be the absolute – wild wild west out there but i mean i I don't think that it's going to be like oh well everybody's going to make a ton of money there's a lot of fine print and stuff i'll give you all this as a uh a pick me up Ole miss fans if you ever want to watch like the absolute peak of just Ole miss dominating someone turn on the 2016 Ole miss georgia game Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. how that was the, the the program peaked that day. It did. It, it fell off the cliff that day. It had reached the mountaintop, and, it was, and then after that game, <clears throat> crumbled. Yeah. And it that also just felt, team, it also just felt so good. That t- same team gave up fifty five points to Mississippi State in that. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I now think now they I did. think Ole Miss was up thirty eight or forty five to nothing, with like eight minutes to go in the third quarter against Georgia. Yeah. Now, I mean, the last you know, time I've seen Ole Miss fine. beat a SEC team like that was the Mississippi State Egg Bowl in 2008. Yeah, yeah I mean, the fine print there is that Chad Kelly you know, was out for the year. But, yeah, points. Oh, yeah, stay. sure. I mean, but 
point remains. Just just absolutely obliterated the Georgia Bulldogs that day. I mean, go watch it. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Derek Jones had a pick six. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was, you know, it was, you know, the absolute epitome of it's a party. And it, mean, was it was 900 degrees at Vaudeville. Oh, my there. gosh. The the hottest, just no <laughs> no shade. I mean, had, had it been any other game and we not just been, you know, running a team like Georgia, it, it would have been a leave at halftime game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Good day. Uh, apologies for the coughing and the you know weird sounding voice. Hopefully that is uh, eradicated itself by the time we uh, preview the SEC West later this week. But it's good to be back, gentlemen. I'm excited to talk about college football and uh, to uh, do this again regularly during the week. So uh, for Nick, for Ben, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank y'all for listening. Sorry for the uh, extended tardiness, but we are back and we are glad that you're here. Uh, So until next time, we are out.